the Modern Black Man Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Modern Black Man Podcast. This week, I'm joined live with the guest, and we're going to have a great discussion about acknowledging the mirrors in front of us. I'm joined with the homie JJ. Hello, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. We um, were having a discussion about just kind of acknowledging people and their energy and where they're at. And um, I know I've had a lot of experiences the last couple of years, and I'm really excited about being able to relate in reflective mirrors uh, and partners. Um, you know, when you get in a relationship and someone does something that you don't like, you have a tendency to react, reflect, or mirror the toxic behavior that you're introduced to. Um, I think for a lot of us, that's human behavior. And um, and acknowledging that or seeing that, I just think it's a really interesting human dynamic. Um, have you ever seen yourself as a uh, mirror for negative energy? both ends of I've been the person looking in the mirror and I've been the reflection in the mirror mm-hmm. and I believe that you know toxic behavior can't if you're around it long enough you'll start to adapt and start to project as well right yeah. you'll become a toxic person because you've met a toxic person yeah um, and I definitely have a testimony um, on that so Certainly. And so, and then that's why I say, like, sometimes when people get out of relationships where things have been toxic like that, and, um, you know, well, there's been a lot of, you know, shaming or name calling and things like that, throwing insults at each other, like, and then people want to go directly into another relationship, but you still need time to heal from whatever situation you're in because not, you can't treat every relationship or every person the same. No, you can't. Um, but what I've learned, I think the greatest lesson for me, honestly, is that it's a mirror and I've learned what I need to be. Um, you know, being with someone who is toxic is a good lesson because you see how things that you've never um, experienced to be bad can be turned bad. And it's not a question of judgment as much as it is integrity. Uh, for me, I know that there were so many things that I was told that I was failing at that everyone else celebrated. Um, and I um, I kind of enjoyed not being celebrated um, for things that I had always been celebrated for uh, because they weren't things that I, nece- that I had an attachment to. They weren't things that I necessarily cling to and, and wanted. They were things that were innate in me. So it was a good experience to see someone try to um, turn otherwise good qualities into negative ones or innate traits into negative ones. I think that's what uh, hinted at the obvious um, toxicity, Um, just like obviously um, we've been friends for a long time. Um, I think that it was probably a year and a half ago I told you that... um, this is the first time that, and it was probably six months after that where I think I confided more in you about certain things. But um, 
I would be lying if I didn't say that I enjoyed those things being highlighted. So um, the the mirror effect is very real to me, um, not just absorbing negative behaviors, um, but also projecting them uh, right back to your teacher, <laughs> uh, right? Because it's cyclical. All relationships are cyclical. So if you're with yeah, someone... And, and- I think it's a good indicator that um, if at least one party recognizes it and sees that it's happening from both ends, whether you were the teacher or the quote-unquote student, mm-hmm. and it's toxic, mm-hmm. that like life's too short to be you know, having to deal with things like that. And some people thrive off of toxic relationships like it fuels them right Mm -hmm. and because that's the only way and and here's we're going to talk about it like uh i've experienced that certain people that's the only way they can function in a relationship they truly get lost because they don't uh have what they feel is a means of control um i told you my experience my person was really simple-minded she wasn't that smart all she could do is react right she knew how to identify her patterns um, so creating those obvious negative situations and things just got uh, to where it was. But what leads me to my current situation is that I can see the toxic pattern um, where it's not as simple as um, anything that's in front of us. It's much deeper. Um, you know, have you ever felt when your partner doesn't do what you want them to do that they're a child? Have you ever felt like we all feel that uh, we view other adults as children, as babies. We infantize them when they don't do our bidding. Um, but why is that? Think about it. It's the same uh, psychology of our childhood traumas affecting our present day lives. Um, because you can see the logic, what they cling to yes. uh, and where they are and instantly snapshot you see them as a child. Um, so with that being said, my child had, a, I feel, just a real pain, just a lost, lostness that I couldn't identify with, right? Um, obviously, I walk away from the situation uh, lost on many, many things, but informed on many other things. Um, and like I said, my current situation, I see that there's such fear with my partner where she can't bend to my will because there's a genuine hurt, pain, and experience. So it just, it makes me want to leave, like walk away from the situation because I can see that it's, you know, there there's nothing I can do to be present in it because this person's traumatized and I don't have a connection with them to figure out what that trauma is. Um, because I think connection is everything in our relationships. Um, when you're connected to somebody, you learn. Um, when you learn, you feel. It goes bigger and bigger than all those other things uh, um, to empathizing and more. We'll uh, get to that. But let's keep it simple. Um, when you are connected to somebody, you just care. And once you lose, a, once you lose that concern, there's no fun in your relationship. That's when it goes away. So, I agree. Yeah. So I just, I kind of observe those things. I see those things and I really pray that um, 
you know. Yeah, uh, your current situation doesn't sound good, and if I you walk away like you say you want to. That's great. Um, I just think that the current situation, she has, she has a couple of issues. Uh, I don't know if her ego is one of those issues or two, but she clearly doesn't like it's it's like she's smart like if she wanted it she could have it but she doesn't want it so I don't want to even address like it's insulting to even address it um you know no one wants to be in a position where they're giving themselves to someone because when you give yourself to someone again there's a lack of value because you're presenting yourself you're vulnerable and if the person doesn't reciprocate with their own vulnerability, guess what happened? You just gave yourself away. See what I mean? Yeah. Interesting topic. I'm, well, I was going to add on to something. But I feel like everybody does have, you know, relationships and uh, childhood trauma, which unfortunately we all know, you know, childhood trauma can carry into your relationship so if people um i mean people are quick to throw a time uh, i don't know a any type of word they can to describe someone a ego or their arrogant versus did you say tantrum back to our theme of childhood yes okay so in this childlike protest this child uh, sees through their lens what what does the child what's the child's trauma they see something right so sure understood but that's my whole point if you haven't worked through whatever traumas that you've encountered whether it's childhood trauma or old past relationship traumas then you're not going to be any good for the next person because you're still going to be carrying that and projecting it onto the new person in your relationship, right? Of course. So, therefore, I don't think it's fair to say... Well, I mean, I guess it just kind of depends on your situation or your person, but... It's kind of not fair to go into relationships without doing your front-end work. And for me, for me, I, I, I think that's what I've learned. I know in 2018, um, I had that whole year to put everything into perspective for myself, and I did it. Um, you know, void of any kind of a, a relationship, um, just an entire 12 months to put my perspective down. And it was a, a great place because at that point, I knew exactly what I wanted, exactly what I needed. and. Um, I don't think I would demand anything less than that. Yeah. And, and, and I 100% agree wholeheartedly with that. I feel like when people know what they want and what they need, it's actually a blessing because you have a lot of people out here who are lost, right? So if you but see, this, is, this and, is where it gets interesting. You said it. You said people get lost, right? We're quick to cast people away. Um, like, I'm blessed because I know, but... I guess not knowing is a spice of life, that mystery spice. Uh, I, I wish 
that I could be in that space. I wish that I didn't have it down with specificity, but I know I know exactly what I need to be happy. So it's interesting that you say that. Yeah, and, and it's great that, you know, when you have people who know exactly what they want, like I would probably identify myself as one of those people as well. But when you're in a relationship with someone and all you do is... Articulate what you want because you know it's confirmation that you know what you want, right? Right, and as you should. But if you, but you both have to be able to reciprocate and make each other feel secure. And if you have one party who doesn't do that, then the relationship just isn't gonna work. Or maybe both parties sure. are doing it for each other. Right. Know? Right. Because a lot of times, I'm learning relationships really work one way. Successful relationships, they work one way, um, because you're going for infinity, and. Yeah. I think that that's why a lot of our relationships fall apart because it's one-sided. Yeah, statistics show though now marriages uh, for the woman rise as no, they're lasting longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. divorce is a lot lower for people that got married after 2000s plus, right? Um, because the people, majority of people that were getting divorced were people that were married in the 80s uh, and before. People that were married like let's say 93 and before are the highest statistical divorce category, um, especially uh, the ones in the 80s. I've done this research so many times, actually. Uh, I've looked very, very deeply into these numbers. Um, so if you get a divorce and you're married after 2005, that's, um, that's an anomaly. Uh, it's very, very rare. Uh, marriage is lasting considerably longer than it's lasted before. We have the perception that uh, marriage was this like strong institution, but you got to remember in the 60s, you know, through the early 90s, it was mostly women being obligated and hitched to a man that largely provided, I'm not trying to be stereotypical or generalizing, but that is, uh, when you look into those numbers, the socioeconomic implications. I would actually invite someone to do the research and, um, you know, fact check me, help me along. Uh, if there's anybody um, that's uh, willing to do that, you know you can catch me. Chubby Idris Elba, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, everywhere. Um, the boy didn't did the research, so uh, check me out. Um, with all of that being said, it's encouraging and exciting to get married um, because there's a lot more security in marriage now than ever. Uh, people make a, if it's not an emotional decision, it's a business decision for marriage. Uh, and the divorce rate shows. Um, but at the same time, the marriage rate has gone down. People are getting married uh, uh, less often. Uh, and I almost want to say that we're having fewer children, too. Um, but I, I don't have those numbers uh, noted down. Um, but certainly, um, I, I think that for myself, Knowing what I want is the most exciting part of any new relationship because I, I'm i a lot better perceiving uh, or observing what I have and what I need and just assessing things that might be missing a lot sooner in relationships. And I think that's the best part because the worst is when you have a relationship and you let a person stall you out um, with their excuses. Um, that's why you have resentment and that's why people 
you know, bicker and fight and everything else because, 100%. yeah, it's, it's silly. Um, so I definitely feel that, you know, um, the mirror is very powerful uh, and it leads to a better product. Um, I know that I'm a lot more sensitive to the things that I give um, because I know that I expect and I think that's a difference for me um, because I think that I'm not going to say I was aimless or lost, but I think that previously I was open and I just didn't um, demand and that's not satisfying. Like uh, as a man, I think demanding is, is, is okay because if I'm expected to provide for you, I have to show that I can... Um, have some kind of credibility, legitimacy. It starts at home. That's valid. Yeah. yeah. That's very valid. Yeah. Yeah, it's just unfortunate because sometimes when, you know, it's always easier to put things into perspective when you're an outsider looking in. And even if you take yourself out of your relationship and um, look at it through a scope, you'll see that sometimes, you know, in a relationship, you have people who are, you know, truly about themselves, you know. Mm-hmm. And so when you're in a situation like that, sometimes it's harder for the other person to, I don't know, bend, I guess. We'll just use that for lack of better terms because they feel- I love that you use directorial language, um, the scopophilia. Have you ever heard the term scopophilia? No. Scopophilia to see and feel. Mm-hmm. So the scope that you're viewing, you feel it. So one-sided relationships, or what you call or generalize abusive relationships, what did you say they were? Uh, selfish. Uh, one person is selfish. We've all seen that movie, haven't we? Yes. So um, I think that the the goal of a satisfying relationship is very simple. And like I said. I've trained myself to see it a lot earlier because I've been in that one-sided relationship enough. I've seen that movie uh, enough times. I think most of us uh, feel that way. So let's go deeper into the analogy, scopophilia. Um, Wouldn't, by definition, all relationships be selfish relationships? They are. I mean, All good relationships. Yeah, because you're with somebody who satisfies you. That makes you feel good, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the selfish piece of it, right? Mm -hmm. You want somebody to make you feel good on all aspects. You know, for some people, (coughs) excuse me, they may only need to feel good sexually and everything else for them is secondary, right? And then you have people who want to even play and feel. They're more even kill, like... They want to be satisfied in every aspect, right? And it just kind of depends on, you know, what supersedes as far as you you as a person and your relationship. Like, you know, you're selfishly, you want to find somebody, whatever your number one thing is that you're looking for as far as what satisfies you, whether it's, you know, emotional support, financial support, you know, sexual support, or like I said, again, whether it's, all of that's encompassed on, you know, the person you're looking for. You, you, that's, my, that's been my theory on dating forever is that there's somebody for everything. So, I mean, if you want to build the Omegatron, I think this is obviously how that's I think women. That's where polygamy comes 
exactly. I think that's what women do better. Um, as a man, I don't want to be in that. That's way too elaborate for me. Um, but here's the thing. it's unco- I, We've talked about this, perhaps. Conscious and unconscious polygamy. Yeah, what you know about that? I don't think we've discussed that. Conscious polygamy is what you're talking about, where you identify it and you see it's polygamy. Unconscious polygamy is where you make the attempt at dating one person, but inevitably your situation is being shared. So it's an unconscious polygamy. So uh, to avoid the negative mindset, you have to make sure that you don't devolve all relationships to a polygamous set. But that's just a a, a theory. Um, I agree with that theory. Actually, that that was deep. Like I never even thought about that as far as a conscious and unconscious perspective Mm -hmm. um, to polygamy. But it's true. You know, you may. That's why that term work husband comes in. Like exactly. You know, or whatever i don't know if, you know i'm sure you know it works on both ends it, it does work on both ends but um you know when one person or even both people have the goal of being monogamous um it's it's active it's a closed right, relationship and when you and fail to I'm close your relationship and that's what I want. you know i've been in um, a few relationships and one thing i can honestly say about my relationships is I pretty much had um, a well-rounded person as far as me too. And that's what I look for. Like, you know, like I said, some people, different aspects of emotion, whatever they're trying to fulfill supersedes another. And some it's more of an even playing field. And I think I, most of my relationships have been pretty much more of an even playing field. So <clears throat> I think people who are compatible, it's going to depend on what aspect of the relationship are they needing fulfilled the most? You're saying when people are compatible, they identify what they need the most. They come together. Um, I think that's I think that's partnership. I think that's uh, the the partnering aspect of it. I don't I don't know if that's just compatibility. That's interesting that you say that. Um, that's in my opinion more of an ends-based or objective-based result. Like, you're not going to know somebody's reliable, trustworthy, uh, or what I would call ultimately compatible until they deliver. Well, it's... it's. I'm from the show-me state. So, like, you show me seven, I'll show you eight. Like, I have... Seven, eight, nine. Well, I have expectations. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, uh, that's how I trust. Um, that's interesting that you say that, because uh, I think that was something that just, I, like, how I really feel. Um, I'm going to be disappointed because the proof is in the pudding. People aren't that complicated. Uh, you have to task people and you have to give them uh, expectations because when they meet them, it's all the things that we're talking about, all the things that you uh, want out of a relationship. It's not difficult. Yeah. Um, they're all ends-based, but people uh, discuss and perseverate on the means. Uh, as a culture, I, women specifically, really, uh, I find it interesting how <laughs> they put so much word work um, and mind share into finding a good man. And I'm going to find a good man and uh, I'm going to make sure that he ain't this and he got that. Nobody's perfect. Everybody does have fun. But women put so much work into that. And I'm seeing myself. 
I meet great women. Like I meet women that are very successful. I'm I'm learning in these patterns and these trends. Mm-hmm. Um, women that are mature, women that are successful, women that are every literally everything I'm not. Um, it's it's uh, opposite to attract um, because uh, I think that I have it in me when I maybe want to, uh, but I'm in but a I unique feel space. Like men, they need a good woman to help them succeed and push yes. them towards, you know, because a lot of men are incredibly insecure. And so, you know, that's why you look for somebody to, you know, build you up. You know, you don't even have I to. I want to talk about that because you're saying that the man is insecure and wants a woman to validate him. <clears throat> Not necessarily validate him, but. Because I've, I've, I've never looked at it as um, validation, but like. I've definitely had good partnering like situations. A exactly. A cheerleader. That doesn't seem like validation though. Yeah. A cheerleader doesn't validate you. She's yeah. on your team. Right, exactly. And um well, I think there's a stark well, I'm getting to a point. I think there's a very stark comparison. I think that the cheerleader is what you desire, but what did you call it? You said uh you made it it, it was much more complicated than that. It wasn't as simple as that as a cheerleader. But I also threw out the word cheerleader, did I not? No, I'm saying, what were you I know, saying? That's what I'm saying. So that's what I'm saying. Maybe, well, what I said is men are looking for, what did I say? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You didn't know. Uh, you were looking for a good woman. Uh, you said looking for um, something, but, it, it, you know, I, I think that at the end of it, men end up getting women that are critical. Uh, I think women that I think overthink are is a huge detriment to a lot of men. You said that they validate men Um, and I don't think that the woman validates a man I think that um, there you said men are insecure I said that men sometimes sometimes want to bring that woman in and what I'm saying for my situation is that I've had I've had women who weren't good they weren't good partners not because I needed them to validate or I was dependent on them Uh, and I can't even say them I've only nigga I've only had one bad woman in my entire life I've literally only known one disloyal chick. So, I mean, I, I, I met somebody who um, was so insecure and fucking overused that she, you know, just had that mentality down. Like, she couldn't be of um, positive assistance. She lived a life of detriment. And that's what caused, you know, for me in that situation, a lot of disturbance because people very quickly wanted to tell you that this person's no good. Exactly the point you're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've only I've only seen that once and I've only experienced that once. Um I just I don't I don't get it because like I said, I think that men um and women can interact in a, a good way. That cheerleader example is I, I, I don't know if that's the positive or the innocent uh incarnation of that. But that's how a woman should be, right? It's it's successful. You talk about the insecure man. A woman can lead to your detriment by not being your cheerleader. Um, and I mean, I, I, I never realized the vulnerability I could expose myself to by not uh, having the right person around. I definitely had seen uh, consequences as if I was attached to someone I was not attached to because I was entertaining them. Um, and I think that that was 
you know, really interesting because again, so much comes from our association as people, you know? Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And I feel like relationships, like I look at my parents who have been together since their early 20s, right? Mm -hmm. 22, 21. And how they've been together still all these years. Right. And to me, I feel like, oh yeah, of course all relationships have ups and downs. And even with your parents, right? So that's why a lot of trauma, childhood trauma exists. That's where it comes from, right? So, <clears throat> although um, I see my, actually a lot, of, almost everybody in my family has longevity in their relationships. There's a lot of solid marriages in my family. And um, my parents, when they were married, it was like a cool relationship. But like, everybody talks about these childhood traumas and junk. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm 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 telling you from experience, like there was definitely those you know, there were highs and lows, but it was I don't know, it was a really cool relationship and I wish that I wanted to emulate the positives, but I know it's not realistic. Like, um I, I don't like they had their thing and I guess I've always just felt unique in that like I don't want to chase my parents romance not like it was tainted not like it was bad yeah um it's just that I did stuff I had a lot I know like I'm not even gonna lie you know like I had a lifestyle growing up as a kid that was probably comparable to like a millionaire lifestyle right um but like growing up and coming back to the world and and regularity it's um you know, very different. And I, 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 um, I think sometimes I wish to emulate the positive things that I saw growing up a little bit more, but it's, um, it's, it's mixed for me because I know how, what that work looks like. And I mean, honestly, I've always wanted to have that lifestyle for my kids. So that's probably why I haven't gotten there because I just remember the type of stuff we would do was crazy. Um, I remember very vividly going to Europe one time and we rode the supersonic. Uh, they don't even, the Concorde, right? Like they don't even, they don't even have that anymore. Like they got rid of that plane. Uh, but it was this real fancy jet that went from like New York to London. Uh, and it got there, I think a little bit quicker. Um, but like we, they, they worked, you know what I mean? So like when they had to go do their thing, uh, it was it was so much pomp and circumstances. It was kind of cool. Um, and I mean, I want to have that kind of lifestyle, but I don't have a partner um, to to even uh, subsume those kind of things. So, I mean, I love I love the life that I have and the things that I'm, you know, that I'm doing because um, I think that's healthy. I don't think it would be healthy for me to try to chase those things because I probably do have habits where I emulate things that I've seen and it can be unhealthy. Um, so I want to really be aware mentally so I can be sharp and healthy because I could go down a I could go down a bad path really easy. Um, so I mean, sounds like you should pray, talk to somebody about that. Talk to them about not trying to. Sp- overspend yeah 
Okay. I I guess so. Um, I guess I'll talk to somebody about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't I don't I definitely don't spend my money on uh bad things. Not lavishly. I think I might buy a, a a bottle or two here and there, but I don't I don't spend as much as I may be able to on uh my vices. That's something that scares me. In all honesty, like um, you know that, like I don't, I don't, I haven't, I haven't had any of those um, urges in a while. So I mean, I haven't been blowing money or anything like that. So that's good. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I just, I, I think that chasing healthy. Um, but some, some, some women. They don't act, they react, right? So maybe it is a situation where the man knows what he wants and wants to make sure he's getting what he wants, which is fine. But maybe it's an instance where, like, women like to feel secure. Like, for me, I wouldn't even say women. I'm talking about for me. I don't give a damn about finance, nothing. I, I got all, like, anything that I got is fine. And that, it's not even that, right? But my thing is, like, I don't like, I, I'm not a material person. Like, I don't need anything monetary from you, nothing like that. Like, all of my <clears throat> insecurities and wants in a relationship are all emotional. You know, and not really tangible, why a lot you, of men why like are you to emotionally throw out unavailable? Things, but I'm sorry. Why do you think you're emotionally unavailable? Because I don't think I found anybody that makes me want to be emotionally available mm-hmm. that I trust or sure. feel secure with. Besides another situation, you know, and sure. that situation didn't like I don't regret it, you know, mm-hmm. at all. You know, we were, it was a lot of years, you know. And so, of course, over that amount of time, you do open up. So they do know a lot about you. But my thing is, I, I don't want everybody to know a lot about me. And right. so it that's why, you know, I don't really date a whole lot of different people. Like, it's going to take right. me a, a minute to, because I want to trust you. You know, it's not like I'm about to tell you a whole bunch of crazy shit, but I still. Have you ever dated somebody long term and they just don't know you and you never let them know you? But they think that they got you down and like. The whole misery of your relationship is that they can't penetrate anywhere near who you are. Yes. You know? I do. Yeah. I, I, I actually have lived and am in living that situation right now, truthfully. Yeah. Like uh, like I said, I've had a situation where I encountered someone that I let in um, and they just had no concept or idea of me because their focus wasn't on that. So they were able to get uh, what I call the milk uh, from the cow, you know what I mean? Um, But they didn't have to buy the cow, and they didn't want to buy the cow. So they got all the milk that they needed and wanted, you know? Um, And I mean, men or women, both. If your goal is to have something uh, of substance, I think that there's uh, some observation that needs to be made. And... uh, you know, um, it, we, we all fall into that situation where we want people to be 
connected to us uh, through whatever means, whether it's emotional, physical, um, or whether it's that spiritual. Um, I I want a little of all three, and I've learned that I don't need a hundred percent of any one. Um, if anything, I love um, physical connection so much that I invite a little emotional connection because it's going to serve on all ends, right? Because it's not that complicated. I think that people overcomplicate and overvalue themselves so much that they complicate things. It's not that, it's not that complicated. Uh, we're animals. We're uh, machines at best. Uh, either way, um, they can be turned on and off. They live and they die. So if we try to lie to ourselves and uh, intellectualize ourselves into things that we're not, we're going to be miserable. I just appreciate you taking the time, kind of uh, talking about some of these uh, topics of conversation, because I, I, I definitely had that on my mind. Check it out. Uh, Twitter and Facebook, Unusual Paradox. JJ does her thing. Uh, it's an unusual paradoxical show. So um, if you're into that sort of thing, uh, she's available. You already know where you can find me at. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. I think I said TikTok. Um, I'm going to drop a, a mixtape on SoundCloud. So Chubby Idris Elba all day long. Um, until the next episode. Peace.